I'm your host Reese, and today we are joined by Emily and Alfred and we are going to be discussing something that is a topic of conversation currently in most Christian circles. Statistics say that for every Christian that converts to the faith, four deconvert. So we're going to be discussing whether Christians can indeed lose their salvation and whether it is biblically consistent. Um, I just want to open it up initially to find out what your thoughts are on that stance. What are your initial thoughts to the, the concept of deconverting from the faith? So, so um, okay, in that case, Rhys, um, can, can you um, um, pad out a little bit what, um, what, you, what you mean are the people um, who coined the phrase what they exactly mean by deconverting from Christianity. Uh, yeah, sure. I will get the... Essentially, the, the definition is uh, a loss of faith in a given religion or and a return to a previously held religion or non-religion, typically. Typically, like atheism or agnosticism or rationalism. Uh, some of the synonyms they've got down is, is uh, apostasy or reversion but the idea is that yeah you can come to the faith um you can stay with it for a period of time or any length of time and then you reach a stage where for whatever reason it's not something that you feel is appropriate to you or has its reasons for not being um worth following and then you remove yourself from that faith and go back to something else so, so really, um, in a traditional sense, listening to your um, the definition that they've given, we could literally say they've um, backslidden, they've turned back. Um, the reason why I ask that question is because um, traditionally, whenever I think of deconverting, it's almost like a process that people uh, put people through to get them out of some cult or some are some um, religion or whatever it is that they're in um, to um, it's, it's almost like an active process that people try to to um, if you like almost like a, a bit of a therapeutic thing that people go through to, to get you out of it like um, back in the day when people um, um, went into Jehovah's Witness or Mormonism or something like that and the pet that the, 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 um, the loved ones would um, if you like, engage somebody to deconvert them, to put them, it's almost like de-radicalize people um, from, from um, terrorism or something like that. They, it, you know, there's a process that people put them through to get them out of whatever ideology they were in. So th that's why I asked the question really, because the deconversion almost seems to be an active process that people have gone through to take out of them what they, what they were, um, what what was in them. Okay, yeah, because I can understand it from that sense, especially like if it were with something like Mormonism or like the Muslim faith, I could certainly understand the the process of uh, deconverting from that. I think it might be a case where we there because there's two terms that are floating around. There's deconversion, but then there's also one called deconstruction. Uh, deconstruction is more the, I guess it's more alluding to the process of that individual opening up their faith and kind of looking at the consistencies and inconsistencies, the things that they do understand and don't understand and kind of weigh up whether it's, whether it's true or not. And then based off that information, they would deconvert, but understanding how almost like the stance with the Christian faith, is that something that is biblically consistent is that something that can happen to a christian from a biblical worldview perspective because you'll have scriptures like, like hebrew 6 
which is um, paraphrasing, it's you know, it's impossible for someone to to taste and experience the the truth and you know this undeserved grace for them to at some stage fall away, for them to be uh, reconverted again through having Jesus die on the cross again. It's just like that sort of thing is impossible. You also have things like you know he who started a good work in you is uh, faithful to finish it. You know, I and Jesus saying that um, I am in you. Know, you uh, I am in you. You are in me, and I am in my Father. So you have that sort of like double-fisted grip, sort of security to um, our faith. The fact that having the Holy Spirit indwelling us is um, considered like a seal. Mm. So there is this um, this doctrine going that is held in certain denominations and certain perspectives that it is not possible for a Christian to lose their salvation. So the, the, the terms coined around that is like once saved, always saved or eternal security as it's, as it's probably less controversial name in certain circles, maybe like Calvinism or evangelical circles and things like that. So it's just a case of, well, if we have these sorts of scriptures that affirm that God sustains the, the saved individual, what is happening when someone decides to deconvert from the faith? So, um, uh, just to probably um, push the question a little bit more as well, it would be, um, are we therefore making a distinction between um, deconversion and um, someone backsliding? I think there would be a distinction. Um, I guess it just depends on it depends on the individual. Like I would use this as an example. I've got a friend of mine who I worked with in my previous job, who is like a brother to me. You know, I love him. There's a lot of similarities and stuff that we had, and we've gone through a lot together. Um, and during the course of us working in the last job, he opened up to the fact that he he decided to become a Christian. And I thought it was amazing because I'd kind of been semi-open about my faith in the workplace. So that was just another another sort of stepping stone and thing that we could use to bounce off each other. Then um, as Tom got on, he left the job before I did. Uh, then, but I still kept in contact as best I could. But then it was um, when, probably like after the first wave going into like the second wave, of the pandemic trying to get still keeping in contact with stuff like that um but when uh, like in terms of normal conversations it was fine as you touched on christians like we to do a lot of faces like, oh you know you go into church has to go into church remember you used to go to the church on the road and things like that um the enthusiasm wasn't quite there as much anymore mm-hmm. um so it was after a, a few series of dialogues that eventually got down to asking the question in terms of like, okay, what's going on here? And he, that's when he admitted that he's not going to church anymore, but then he's also decided to leave the faith altogether. And he explained all the, the things that um, kind of attributed that in his own personal life and how the church he was going to wasn't helping with those sorts of situations that were going on. But when, in terms of in light of the scriptures that we hold to, especially in light of whether you can lose your salvation or not, kind of, he kind of explained what the reasons as to why he came to the faith to begin with. And it wasn't because necessarily that it was him being, um, you know, regarded as a sinner, regarded as a sinner and that he, you know, he realizes he needs a savior in his life. It was a case of desire that he wanted to experience the gifts of like prophecy, and be able to speak on God's behalf and to have visions and things like that. So he came into the faith for those reasons and realized that there was a lot of hoops that he said the church was um, setting up to try and achieve those things. So there was a lot of questions around that. Then um, as things began to wear him down with that, when things happened in his life and he turned to the church for help, he didn't get that. He thought, you know what? Um, He's not going to follow the faith anymore. And I can't ask the questions that is it a case where, you know, there's a 
did you separate the fact that it might have been a case where the church has kind of failed you okay that and uh, i apologize that that's the sort of thing you've gone through but have you thrown the bath out with the um baby up with the bath water in the sense that yeah the church has done this but you are now linking this to jesus and the cross and salvation grace and the message that all gets tied with it and he said kind of yes and no um but he now regards himself as an eclectic three thinker um that you know he believes that there is a deity out there but it's all tied in with the universe and now that he has moved to this sort of faith where almost like he can he's made like an uh yeah essentially yeah, from a biblical perspective he's made an idol for himself where he can kind of like call the shots as to what goes and what doesn't he says he experienced things like having the visions and having speaking prophecies and things like that and as much as i've tried to keep the door open i do feel like the the relationship has kind of waned from there but then if it's a case where people can lose their salvation what would be the answer to well, what would be the solution to that scenario? But then if someone can't lose their salvation, looking at what the scripture says, I kind of feel that God's kind of putting the answer to, well, you know, these, there's a, almost like a criteria for it, you could say. Um, but I guess it's kind of fleshing it because there's some people that believe that, um, that you, you can lose your salvation, that, you know, you you are, it's almost like okay to, reject the the gift of salvation in a sense so um it begs the question like well is um is the call to repentance a command or is it a suggestion can i can i just um add something i was just looking up backsliding it, it's um it's 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 a falling away but not like a total um but alfred could you clarify what we mean as backsliding in in our denomination because when I looked up backsliding, it means just um, um, not really to leave the faith altogether, it's to fall away. So there's a possibility of still coming back. You've just um, fallen into like um, sinful habits. Mm. But, but I didn't really, I didn't think that's how we see backsliding. Is that a dictionary definition or? or? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I thought we saw it as something else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if um, if I looked at um, it from examples and experiences in the scriptures, you you would you you could look at um, um, Peter, Peter, for example. I mean, Peter had backslid, you know, and, and to backslid really is to go back. Really, fundamentally, um, you have slidden back from wherever you were going. Peter did that. And when Jesus would say to him, yeah, but when you are converted, in other words, Jesus know that he, whatever it is, um, weakness or whatever took hold of him at that particular moment, he was going to backslide. He was going to turn back. He was going to forsake um, Christ. But Jesus um, said, I've prayed for you. You know, that, and, um, and when you are converted, and that's his significant there, so converted, and mean that um, whatever had happened to him before, he had lost it and he had to be reconverted, re-established, re-brought back into the fold, which um, even though the scripture does not tell us really much about Peter's journey back to Christ, I think we can, we, we, we can, we know that there, we, we know that there's a clear evidence that he, he came back to Christ um, you know and there's a journey there's a journey there's a journey in coming back so so that's one case there so clearly of Peter backsliding leaving forsaking and then we have other people like um, the Apostle Paul talks about um, a bishop um, Bishop Demas he said um, Demas um, as forsake at one time um, you hear Peter um, Paul talking about the help, the support that this Demas is providing to him in the ministry. And then in another letter, he now updates people and he says, he said, Demas 
has forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know, and, and so so forsaken, you know, he, he literally mean he's forsaken, he's he's left, he's left the faith, he's backslidden, um, he's left the faith. Um now, um, so really, I think um, I mean I've never read um a definition of our church um for backslid backs backsliding, um, but it I, I think it for me, it, it, it is a clear cut thing of um, not being, you know, turning back. It's not that say you do, you make some errors, you make some errors, you literally make a decision. I, well, in actual fact, you know, I think um, we, can, we can have people who are even backslidden in their hearts who are still coming to church. You know, um, they just not where they, they were before. You know, they profess something, I love Jesus. And all that that means in loving Jesus will follow him. And then they, they for whatever the circumstances happen in their heart, and they're still coming to church, but they have unforgiveness. They have malice, but they're still coming to church, and they're still even probably preaching, or they still testify, but they have all these, um, these, these things in them. Typically, there's, I can't see any, any other conclusion to say that these people Whatever they were initially when they came, they are no longer that thing anymore. So they have they have left wherever they were. They've fallen back. They've backslid. They've turned back from where they once were. So in my in my mind, even though we can have people still coming to church, still going through the the ritual and the routines and stuff like that, you know, but they're backslidden in their hearts. Their presence is with us, but their um their mind and their spirit and they. The truth of Jesus Christ is not in them, so they're backslidden. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Now that I'm, I'm like you. I never really. Um, I just, I just went along with what I assumed the definition was, but I've never really looked it up. So I think, I think backsliding is um, falling away. It doesn't mean you've totally lost your salvation. You've just gone back, and obviously there's a possibility of you going back and never coming back. But, um, yeah. um. But um, it's different, I think, from deconversion that you're talking about, Reese. I think the, there's a, I think there's a difference between the two. Mm. Yeah, because, so yeah, because the more the more I'm thinking of this deconversion, Greece. I was gonna call you Greece there for a minute, Greece. <laughs> the, the more I think of um, this re deconversion, it almost seems like an active process that people have gone through you know to say okay this is what jesus says this is what the church says this is what this is what the church says the church says that jesus says this god says this the apostle said this i am unraveling all those things and they don't make any sense to me anymore I'm working them out in my mind and other people is helping me to work them out books material tapes videos um, whatever lectures that I go through, they're helping me to unravel those things that I once held and I no longer hold them because I've gone through that intellectual or whatever journey I know. Uh, I'm deconverting myself, yeah? Um, so, so it might not be, it, it, but I'm deconverting myself um, supported by the material the places I visit, the things I give myself to listen to, the things I allow to influence my thought process has now helped me to unravel, deconvert myself from the thing that I was holding on to Christianity. Now, the question would then, because that person has gone through that active process of, um, of ridding themselves of Christ, would that, um, would that in the bottom line make even though the process is different from the ones that we say somebody loved the world or whatever else and, and, and they turn back, they love the world more than they love God. In a sense, that is, that is almost still like a bit of an <laughs> unraveling, you know, you're comparing two things, the world and God. The present thing I can see, the future thing is so far away, but the present thing I see is so near, the pleasure, the joy, you know, would would that could that not still be like the things that are impacting on you have helped you to influence you 
to um, separate yourself from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so it, you know, it seemed like there's many different ways I would suggest to actually reach the same conclusion or the same destination of departing from Jesus Christ. Some people go through it in an intellectual way. Some go through it just because of the pleasures that, that are before them. And, and those things help to make them. It's almost like the spoken and the unspoken, the thought through and the unthought through, the, 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 um, the kind of um, impetuous um, versus the meticulous working out and, con and contrasting and then coming to a conclusion. Uh, however the conclusion go, the conclusion is one is one. I have left Jesus Christ. So I think, I think for me then, in like thinking about, it's, there's three different things going on here. You've got backsliding, which is like a falling away, as in going backwards. A deconversion, which is more, sounds like more a religious thing. Like I'm practicing something and I've been, you know, my mind, you know, I believe certain things. I've been taught certain things and now I'm unraveling all those things um, to get free from whatever path I've chosen. Um, and then there's the question of um, salvation. Like, so I think the real question is not, can you be deconverted? I think that's um, possible. Or can you backslide? The question is, can if you are saved, is it possible to lose that salvation? I think that's the that's the question then that you're asking. Mm. Is. Yeah. Is it if you are truly saved, is it possible to not be saved? Yeah, because essentially it's like the, if if the answer to that question is yes, then there's implications to that in the in the process of with God claiming that you know you are. A new creature that you a price has been paid for you so now you consider justified because of the righteousness um of jesus his spirit now dwells in you you now have a desire very much like a way desire to to do good things and you want to shun evil if um and there's other things tied in with that if it's a case where like if if you can if you can lose your salvation is there a clause I as many things like that is there a clause with the when Jesus said is it it is finished is there an asterisk next to that in a case where it is finished but it can be refunded at some point or is it once it's done it's done can Jesus and God lose their sheep is you know was was the cross enough you know as, as God and sent his son to go through all of this for us, only for it to be a case where there's something else we can do that can trump that to set us back to being an enemy of God again. There's all these little questions that, um, if you look at like certain scriptures, like you know, um, like in Hebrews and the fact that he says, you know, um, is it in Peter where it says that? Um, is it Peter somewhere somewhere? Um, so you know the when they fall away from us, I think it's like talking about like false teachers and stuff, oh yeah, the truth was was never in them to begin with. And but there's all these things of when it comes to um, God's salvation, because it's essentially something that he set up himself with all the criteria and the things that happened in the course of that, um, through that, through like the book of John, that a lot of the things he's setting up are very permanent and it's permanent because he's eternal, there's eternal life afterwards. So, it would make sense for, especially if you go to like scriptures where it says that. Um, is that the he predestinated? Yes. And yeah. then there's also his predestinacy is, um, so that, like, that was almost his very, very secure, very set in way that God's mm. laid things out. If it's a case where someone who is truly secured from God's perspective, is there a way to trump that? So then it's a case where you can now refund your um your salvation and decide you know what damnation is a lot is a lot better offer than being saved from this sort of thing do we do we portray that as as a message i mean i mean 
there's a, there's a lot of things to unpack out of um, those um, examples um, uh, and references that you've made, um, Brother Reese. The first one that I would I would unpack um, is um, when Jesus um, said it is finished. I, I I think what Jesus is saying there is not what. Um, is, is not what is happening to us. I think he's saying it is finished. I, I, if I put it in my layman's term, I have, I have done, Father, what you, com you commissioned me to do, I have done it. It is finished. Salvation, salvation is finished. I have done everything now to make, um, to, to make the old salvation process for man um, achievable. It is done. The blood is shed. The death is cast the spirit is given up the sacrifice has accomplished its task it is finished and it would almost be okay i have now done my bit which is mega you know i hate to call it bit i've just i've done i have done the ultimate now reese alfred emily it's now yours the the rest is your decision is up to you where do you want to go? You know, but I have finished. It is finished. What I came to do is finished. There's nothing more that I can do, if you like, to, um, to, to uh, there's no other sacrifice that can be given. It is finished. The ultimate sacrifice for salvation is, is done. And the, and the journey to that salvation from, from that immaculate birth to the testimony of God, testifying of the truth of God for this purpose Jesus said I came into the world to bear record of the truth you know he, he has done I came into this world to declare you father to to, to to the world and to these disciples that they might know you to be the only true God is all I have done it everything that you gave me to do and you commissioned me to do it is finished now so I think I think that's one I would unpack to say that that has no real bearing on what I do and, and, and the longevity of my salvation. The longevity of my salvation will come by my choice. Do I want what Jesus is offering me or don't I? It does something better come along in my head, um, whether it be temporal or something that comes along that um, knocks me off my track, you know, then that is my decision, my choice, my choice. But Jesus has done everything ultimate um, that if I wanted to be saved, there's nothing, there's no power or force in heaven or in hell that could stop me from being saved to, uh, or, from, or continuing in the, in the way with Jesus. Only thing would be my own decision for greed, for pride, for uh, you know, whether it be like like our friend there that sometimes baffles us, um, um, Balaam, you know, who was a prophet of prophets, and yet he turned back for reward and lost. He was a prophet of prophet. Whom every curse they were cursed, whom every blessed they were blessed. He was a man outside of Judaism, and yet he had found God, and God had found him and blessed him in the nations so that people come to him. To get his um, to get his verdict and things, and to get his support and things, and yet that man, for greed, turned back, sacrificed all that connection and revelation of God to go on and sell himself out for for gain to the um, Amalekites. You know, so that was a choice he made. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. So, so that's one thing I, I would I would unpack as well, Brother Reese. Um, and and the other thing that I would say is that regarding you know um, the clear implication in the scripture that the Apostle Paul would say you know to the Corinthian he said you you ran well but who did hinder you? In other words, you started off well. You were on the right track. You know you were in the right place. You had the right material. You had the right price. You had everything. You know you had the right doctrine. But all of a sudden, somebody has come and bewitched you and you are turned back. Who has bewitched you that you have turned back? You know, um, so, 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 so that would clearly suggest that you can be on the road. You can be on the journey. But 
going back now to the words of Jesus Christ himself, who says, you know, this is how it is. It's not the man or the woman who put their hand up and confess and say, I believe. No, Jesus said, that is good. It's good. Apostle Paul would say, it's good to start a thing, but it is better to finish. And Jesus himself would say, who is saved? He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. You know, so even when, I, I, and this is something that's always, um, I find um, a little bit troubling and a little bit um, um, damaging if I use, I'm going to, if I use those words, don't hold me to them, but in, in, in my haste without sitting down and, uh, and pouring over them meticulously. Um, I, I am troubled a little bit when people put their hands up in church and we say five save, six save, in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't think anybody have that knowledge to, to use the word saved on those people because we know that um, saved, I think they're on a journey, you know, and I think, and I think the, the, the saving bit is the bit where it says, he that endures to the hand, the same shall be saved. Endure what? All the affliction, all the temptation, all the trials, all the upsets and downsets that will come against us if we are able to hold on to Jesus Christ in all in the deep water in the shallow water in the fire and in the furnace a little bit like our brother Job he that endures to the end the same shall be saved those are the words of Jesus Christ so 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 you know and and again the words of Jesus Christ himself again brother Reese sister Emily um the apostle um, John in, in St. John, he says, you know, "'Twas many as believed him." That don't make them save. "'Twas many as believed him, he gave them power." And that's sometimes something that we, um, we, we, don't really, we, we don't really recognize. What God has done, he has put power into our hands to claim, to hold on to God and to become the sons of God, to move into, to, um, to climb into, to possess the offering of becoming the sons of God. You know, you know, I, I, you know even though if I, say, if I say to you, Reese, you are the greatest, I have given you a title, and yes, I might have the authority to give you that title, but you still have to become the greatest. You gotta show, demonstrate yourself, to be the greatest, you know, and I think that's what God has done. He has given us the unlimited power, grace, the Bible calls it for grace, you know, um, to become the sons of God, you know, um, and, 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 and these all ties into so many other webs of scripture that say, that would say, even in the beatitude where it comes out, blessed are they who hunger and thirst of the righteousness for they shall be filled. So that's power given to people to be filled, you know, um, but you know, the, and it's the it's the power to thirst, it's the power to want, it's the power to desire. And if you utilize those power to crave a little bit like Elisha, who saw the workings of God in his master Elijah, and he craved to be even like him and greater than him, you know, and 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 and, and, and that was power, that's power that was given to him. To, to, have, to desire that, and he utilized that power to claim a greater victory, you know, so that's the kind of thing that I, that I would really, I would really, really say, um, you know, and, 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 you know, there's another thing that we, the scripture says, many are called and few are chosen, you know, and a lot of people, I think, erroneously, erroneously, think that many people are called, but few are chosen to be in leadership position and things like that. That is, I'm gonna be very blunt. I think that is total nonsensical um, thing. Is many are called, the spirit and the bride say come, you know, and let him that is thirsty come. Everybody is invited to this great feast. But because you're invited, does not mean that you're gonna you're gonna have the benefit, but you cannot say, Brother Reese, you were not invited. I cannot say I wasn't invited. I was invited. Open arm invitation for me to come and to become and to take part and to become and to become assimilated and and amalgamated into what God has provided. You know, so 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 I have the invitation, but we we get many invitations and we turn them down. 
And sometimes we get many invitations and we slight them. You know, it's a little bit like our brother Esau. He had a great invitation to be, to have the birthright and the blessing, but because um, the Bible says he despised it. He didn't, he didn't give it the value that it deserved. Just like I would suggest that some people don't give the salvation um, that Jesus Christ has provided the, 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 um, the, 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 the um, what was the word I used? <laughs> the kind of a respect it deserved and they slight it. They belittled it. They didn't, they didn't see it for what it was. They lightly esteemed it and they, uh, and, and they lose it. So, so I, I would say that's the same thing. God has given us um, um, salvation. He has offered us salvation, but we still have to abide. That's what Jesus would say. I am the I am the I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, you know, and it's not just about bearing you will bear much fruit. And again, another thing I would unpack with that one when people talk about bearing fruit, fruit is not necessarily, and I think the, the lesser part of that fruit is actually is actually um get replicating yourself. I think the fruit, the fruit that we bear is the quality of life and the virtues of Jesus Christ that we manifest and demonstrate. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness, and, and, and all the virtues we see depicted in, by Jesus Christ, those are the fruits of righteousness, you know, and, 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 and I think when we, when we misguidedly sometimes look at those fruit as being me witnessing to Emily, me witnessing to Reese, Reese witnessing to me, Emily witnessing to me and winning me, winning, winning me to the Lord. And we call that fruit. Yes, it is, a, it, it is a fruit, but I don't think it's that fruit that Jesus Christ is, is talking. And, and so, so here's, the, here's the conundrum then, Brother Reese. And the salvation, therefore, must of necessity mean you need to remain in the vine and and the fact that we are we are told by christ if you remain in the vine you know would suggest that we cannot if we want to we can come outside of the vine you know otherwise he would not say if you remain in it in, you know i said look i've i've put you in the vine but i have not tied you um i've not tied you and amalgamated you and and um and um, done some sort of a welding on you so that you are inseparable. If you, so, you know, the love for God has got to be a choice thing. You want to be nowhere else. You know, even though that I have, the, this is the power of God. I have the choice to walk away, but God is so good. He's so wonderful. He's so amazing. You know, even though I have choice, the only thing I can do is to embrace him because he, Going back is no option because, and that's the influence that God has upon us. So it doesn't matter what the pull is, you know, we will we will stick to Him. So that's the that's the that's how God really demonstrates how much His love is. That it you know that it doesn't matter what comes to knock us off and to and and that we have to sac try to sacrifice. We will hold on to him. And, and, and it just all boils down into those magnificent words of Jesus Christ. Unless you love me more than land and property and mother and father and wife and husband and your very own life. He says, you cannot be my disciple and cannot be my disciple would actually suggest you cannot be where I am. You can't. You can't go into heaven where I am. You can't be part of what I am about. You know, so so that that that, that that's 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 the first bit I'll say. So I, I just hold 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 fire for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So with Alfred then, because um, what what you're saying could be said by um two sets of people. Mm -hmm. There's those who believe that. Christians can walk away and there's those who believe that true Christians can't walk away and mm -hmm. both sides would say exactly what you've said mm -hmm. and so um you talked about like um um the one of your last statements you know the power of God is so much that no matter what knocks me off course no matter what um comes my way I will still I love God so much there's there's it, but it's the power of God working in me to then give me that love, to love God, so yeah. that I'll always hold on to Him. So, yeah. but there's so my my 
way of thinking is that it's God working in me to give me the power to love him. Yeah. And if he didn't work in me, I would not have that power to love him. Yeah. But mm. there's some who say that it's mm. your own power. It's not God mm. working in you. It's you mm. working in you. And so my question is, which, which, which one are you going, which one are you uh, saying when you're... Uh, I, I go I go with I go with you that it is God working into you in you. However, God works God works upon your intentions as well. So if you have no intention for him, he he will have no intention for you. So 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 if you if you show that you love him, you know what God do? He doesn't love you to the same degree that you love him. He pours more on you. He gives you more than you bargained for. He gives you more than you asked for. And I think a good analogy would be would, would be would be Solomon. Solomon asked him for one thing, but God says, you know what? You you didn't ask me for the other thing, but I'm gonna give them to you. So so God gives you more than you ask him for. So if, if you the, the Bible used the word in 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 Saint John chapter one, Saint John chapter chapter one, he used the word. He said, grace for grace. So um so if you if you are prepared to go with God, God will not risk, he'll not reserve, he will enhance you, he will push you. You know, if you resist him, he will resist you. That's what the scripture says. If we resist God, he will resist us, you know. If we if we love him, he will love us. If you know, but but you're right, sister M. The love did not begin with us, it began with God. And and the fact that it has an initiator. I would suggest the initiator is is the um, is the infinite reason why we do what we do. Had there been no initiation, then we 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 couldn't we couldn't even play a part, you know. So there it is. So we so the initiation started for God so loved the world. Not that the world was hungering for God, but for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should have everlasting life. Can I can I chip in? Because I guess it's it's gone back to Emily's question with the the like the two the two realms of thought in regards to who does the saving almost. So you've got those who believe that it's all on God. So that goes on to the, the term of full depravity. So in our sinful nature, we have no, we have no desire to, to seek God. You know, there's, there's no, we, you know, we have no reason to, to consider, consider him, you know, the God of the universe, the, you know, he's glorious, he's omnipotent and he's, he's got all the power, he's got all the knowledge and he's worth following with that question because he knows the best for us and you've got those who oh yeah and the only way for us to be able to get that relationship back on track is through jesus who once we are justified um by faith we our character is changed through the holy spirit so we desire to to know god more and that relationship that was um very similar to that in eden before the fall happens where he's like oh no i totally trust god with my life because he he, um, you know, he knows all things. He's all powerful. He's fully wise. So I can entrust my entire life and I can surrender it to him because I know that deep down he loves me so much that um, he, not, he wants nothing but the best for me. But before all that, we're, we consider any reason. Then you've got the other, the other camp who feel that we're partially depraved where, yes, we're sinful, but we can, um, we have, there's a part of us that can still decide, oh, actually, you know what? I kind of want to to follow God, um, and I want to kind of set things straight and um, kind of get on the the Christian road, as it were, and roll on that sort of process there. But then mm -hmm. the implications for that is if you're if you consider humanity fully depraved and God does all the work, then we know that um, it's essentially a case of oh well, you know, um, it's by faith and not by works. Mm. that we're saved and there's nothing we can boast about but then those in the camp of partially depraved mean that oh we have to do something on this side mm. to mm. get the ball rolling and then god does the rest so mm. then it's like well mm. if it's if it's mm. the latter then the fact that you mm. know you've got um like romans eight thirty that says you know those who god has predestined mm. he's called and those who he's called are justified and those he's justified are also mm. glorified so well mm. if we do the choosing then that would make scriptures like 
that um, it'll bring him into question. It's like, well, is that an error? Because uh, there's mm. somewhere, I think it might, it might be in the Gospel of Matthew, where um, Jesus makes a remark about um, and thanks God for the fact that he's bringing people, bringing out his elect so then he, they can be saved um mm. what's going on in the course it's not a case where these people are doing it of themselves it's a case where it's like no god's chosen this mm. person he's going to say mm. this person. chosen this person so he's mm. he's in mm. um because he mm. in his position which i was like you know what mm. like mm. um many are called to mm. salvation uh, to repentance sorry but few are chosen for um for salvation mm. it's a case as well to, from like for me the way that i've studied through it seems very scripturally consistent that god does all the work mm. but at, no, at no point during that duration do i mm. get a chance to say you know what i've done this mm. it's like no no it's mm. like total surrender mm. it's total not to surrender yep. and i feel like that kind of runs consistent from so like from the mm. book of genesis right up until yeah 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 it depends what you mean by all the works but a race right so so so, so um so, so, so here it is. Here it is. Um, if God did all the works, and 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 um, and I want to qualify very much what what I mean by by that. If God did every iota that is possible to be done, that leaves absolutely no room for for, for choice, um, for people's choice, um, because it would almost sound like they. You know, um, it, it would make God unjust if um, if he um, if he if he if he um, if he did if he literally forced me through the doors of heaven be, uh, 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 and then so, and then so why does some people not go to if if the God is using the same if God is doing all the works let, let, let me let me let me step back a bit and, and see now all the works that God has done is for salvation. Without the work, without God doing, God has done 100% without any room for addition of the salvation process, the salvation process. However, somebody, you and I, we gotta accept. You have the savior and you must have the recipient. You know, and the recipient, once you receive your, the, the, the scripture would say, we become workers together with God. You know, um, so the Savior has done all that is possible for, for the salvation to take place. But the, recip the recipient must receive. The recipient must, must believe. The recipient must believe. You know, who, the scriptures say, whoever comes to God must believe that he is. So, so even in believing, there is some work going on there. So, 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 so God don't force me to believe. He demonstrates himself. He manifests himself. He declares who he is. He shows his power. He shows his greatness. He shows that he is the creator. He shows that he is the immortal, invisible God. And therefore, it's for me to believe to have faith, if you like, and believe and accept that he is what he said he is. And then, and, and then follow him, accept, accept his offering and hunger and thirst after him. And the more I hunger and thirst after him, he gives me more and more of whatever, whatever it is that is good for me. So, so, so in, in, a, in a sense, um, there's, a, there's a comparison here that I would draw as well. You know, the, the savior, I would suggest, as I've said, does 100% of what he has to do. And the recipient also must do 100% of what the recipient needs to do. Yeah, but they're not the same. What the recipient has to do, he must do 100% of it. And what the savior has done, so these 200%, they are not of the same weight or anything because without the one you could never have the other so therefore something is greater so what jesus christ the almighty god has done is hundred percent that he has done is obviously greater uh, is of more weight and more value um than the hundred percent that me and you the recipients must do but nevertheless 
whatever skill we put our 100% on, it might not be on the same skill that God's 100% is being weighed on, but we still have got to do our 100% as well. You know, and the 100% that we have to do is call this, accept or reject, believe or not believe. You know, so, 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 the, so, so, so this 100% for me would be a little bit like this. Um, um, now, Jesus Christ is 100% God. The Holy Spirit is 100% God. God the Father is 100% God. That's not 300%. That is still 100%. You know, so Jesus is 100% God. Holy Spirit is 100% God. Um, the Father is 100% God. But that's not 300%. That's 100% still. You know, so, 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 so I'm just trying to level here that we are, we are, when, we, when we talk about what we do and what Christ does, we, we are not comparing, the two is incomparable. We can't compare in them. They're on two seismic different scales, but they are required. They're required for me to end up in heaven. I've got to, heaven is not a place that I'm gonna reach and say, what am I doing up here? I will know I made a choice to believe Jesus Christ. You know, I made a choice to accept what he was offering me. And that's why I end up in heaven because I did not reject what was being offered for me. You know, so, 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 but, but, so what is the greatest thing? It's the offering. It's what God is offering, you know, because outside of that offering, there could be no, there could, nothing else wouldn't follow. You know, the story wouldn't go anywhere else had God not offered, had God not loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nothing else could, could happen happened after that but once he gave his only begotten son he says that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life so so what i'm suggesting here there's those 200 percent those two 100 percent but they're not the same they're not measured in the, on the same scale you know the, the one the, the one is cost uh, the one is so great it costs the savior his life the other one just mean that you and I must accept what the Savior has done, must believe. You know, so you know, so that that's that's what I would say. We we have to give a hundred percent of whatever we give. Hence, the Scripture would say, and Christ Himself would say, "You what? What do you have to do? You gotta love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength." You know, is not God forcing me? God has given me reason to do those things. Without those reasons, I could not do it. So yes. God has done in that respect 100% of the initiation and making what I must do next possible. Had he not done what he did, then I, it would be impossible for me to do anything. Unless he had done what he had done, I could not be saved. Unless he had given me reason, unless he had given me demonstration, unless he had given me unction, I couldn't do the next step. So, you, you know, you could, the equation could not be could not be finished, but God has done everything. I must do my little bit, yeah? And my little bit is believing, believing in Jesus Christ and his works. And I'll take your point, I'll take your point. Um, it's just uh, the reason why I say that God does all the work is because it's upon, so sell up with the, I might touch it as well. Um, and, um, and better, better, go on, sorry. Better read Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you. And you, you listen. And this is part of our problem, not you now, to, as 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 um, people and 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 our people and our young people and our whole people and our my age people. Part of our problem is um, we um, see we see in black and white, and we can't see. Um, and 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 the Holy Spirit helps us to see dynamically you know and 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 so and so and so, and so you are 100 percent right and this is what i'm saying so somebody well how can how can you say he's 100 right if you are if you are saying reese is 100 right that god does it all that he has done everything had he not done everything we couldn't we wouldn't be anywhere you know so but on the other hand and this is where we this is where we 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 fail to let the God-given um, um, deciphering and and discerning and reasoning and uh, come into play. That even though God has done one hundred percent, there's another hundred percent somewhere that that somebody else must do. You, you know, and, and those are some of the reasons why 
why we we struggle, I think, to think like God. You know, you know, and, and for the same reason, Sister M, why we struggle to think that Jesus could be one hundred percent God, or Jesus by Himself is God. You know, um, and God by Himself is God, and the Holy Spirit by Himself is God. You know, and the three in one is God. You know, we we struggle with that those concepts, those realities, because it's outside of our 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 frame of thinking and understanding you, you know and in, and in the same way i'm saying reese emily what you're saying is true god has done 100 percent of the work necessary for man to be saved and all man has to do is his hundred percent is to say i believe and i'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna love you, but that, but that's a conscious thing. That's the conscious thing that we have, and that's why some people re reject God because they, um, they, 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 don't, they choose not to believe. So that's what Jesus would say in Saint John. He says, he says, um, and this is the, you say, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but does that mean that the world isn't condemned? Well, no, just the world. Of course, the world is condemned. He said, but, but they don't. It's not condemned because I came and pronounced condemnation because that was not my my coming but there's a default if you do this then this will happen if you don't do it then the opposite will happen and that's exactly what happened i didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved but but then he said but this is the, but there is condemnation this is the condemnation that men love darkness more than light you know so 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 by default they condemn themselves. Jesus did. Jesus don't condemn no man. He said, "I condemn no man. You, your very, your works condemn you, and my choice condemns me for not choosing choosing God." So God don't have to condemn anybody. We condemn ourselves by the choices we make. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I totally agree. I totally agree. I, mm, I think. I, I think what I think. Um, so I think what's happening and what, what happens when we hear these conversations in our own um, church circles is that I think some people have an, a specific idea in their head and some people have a specific idea in their head and most ideas match up apart from one specific thing and it's what makes you choose. Mm. And, and I think that's the crux of the matter. I think everyone agrees on everything else. And um, when you listen to people's testimonies, it sounds like I am good, therefore I chose God. No. And everyone else who didn't choose God is then bad. And right. then we can judge them and we can look down on them and we can say, what's wrong with you? How come you can't choose God? And yeah. then, but yeah. surely none of us can choose God without God himself mm. and giving us that ability to choose mm. because mm. how can dead people hear God and how can blind people mm. see him mm. and how can evil people want God yeah. so I think I think it's that um mm. I think for me I don't really mind I mean the, the crux of the matter is how I view other people and that I know without God working in my life I would not choose God and therefore I'm no better than anybody else and I True. think and I True. think that's if we can just grasp that we would treat people better and we would yep. see evangelism in a different way yeah, I totally we would agree. see this whole salvation thing in a different way I totally and i think yeah. i think yeah. that's the crux of the matter really yeah. um so i think no matter what you say brother alfred i don't know if reese has a different idea i don't know like what your ideas are but for me i agree with everything you've said i'm just thinking about things that i've heard in church and when I hear these things, I always think, man, your testimony sounds like, you know, I was always good and therefore yeah. I chose God. And it's like, it wasn't like that, 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 that. Everything I've done up to this point, uh, up to this point, it's almost been a sham. Like people around me can say that, you know, um, you know, no, he's a wonderful man of God and things like that. In God's eyes, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified at all. You know, and so that's the kind of, uh, the way we think is important and the lack of teaching the lack of probing the lack of delving the lack of unraveling of the scripture which contains all these things how we should think are we the kind of a mind that we should have you know the bible let this let the what mind be in us what kind of mind the same mind that was in christ jesus we should let it be in us because he's not the, he's not in my eyes in this case he's not the the true living god if it's a case where that if the scripture kind of says that there's this permanence to um, 
feminist to this salvation, but we say that there isn't. Is it either okay? It's a case of well, is he wrong or is it us that hasn't kind of grappled the um, understanding through kind of like dividing the word of God correctly? Sometimes it's not easy to say. Some sometimes you can't look at somebody and know. Oh yeah. And that's not our job to judge. Well, it is our job to judge. There's obvious fruits where Jesus says, "By your fruits you should know you should know them." Who am I? But there's some people like the sheep and the goats, like the wheat and the tares. You just don't know, and you could be in a church full of tares, 